Oh, look at you looking fresh. My man, how you doing? Funny, I was going to do it outside too because it's a gorgeous day. But Yeah, it's a ripper out here. I love it. How You're not close to like a big city scape or anything though, are you? Uh, Halifax is just right there. Oh, we're shit. Like, you're in the city. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're like two seconds uh, from the rotary. So oh, from my you're... backyard, I'm like, uh, like I can see downtown. Damn, it sucks that we're actually in this lockdown right now because we could have did this in person. I'm I'm just up on Willet right now. Like I'm probably like five uh, minutes from on. you. Yeah. Yeah, right. you're not far at all. I'm just no. uh, yeah, I'm just right up off the rotary in Chocolate Lake. Well, gee, you're literally right up the road. Gosh. Yeah, man. That's what's oh, up. Oh man. Well that when, oh, I, when we do the part two, then like once this lockdown shit is done, we'll definitely link up. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I find it strange that um, people don't know that I'm in Halifax because I it's just like I'm it's like right on my profile. I'm like, I'm in Halifax. And they're like, oh, where are you, G? Well, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> to be real with you, some people will manipulate that. Like they might be a business in the valley or up in Cape Breton, but they'll put Halifax because it's more mm-hmm. of a reach, like algorithmic. Like, I don't know if that's really how it works, but I have people that live up in Cape Breton or people that are in the valley who have done it and have had actual success, like kind of proof in the podium. Mm. Um, I didn't assume that you weren't in the city, but I didn't know that you were like that close in the city. So, yeah, I've been I've been in Halifax now for I'm pushing 14 years, I think. All right. on, Good for you. Are you from the island originally? I'm from Cape Breton originally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right yeah. on, man. Right on. Where in Cape Breton? Uh, Glace Bay. Uh, right, out of the, uh, yes, right. right out of the spot. Same spot as my good friend and friend of the show, Mitchell Bailey. I don't know if you're uh, there you uh, go. familiar with him. He's a rapper. He was nominated, I think, for ECMA a couple years ago, but. It's a one. Yeah, man. Him. He's uh, he's from Glace Bay. I forget the name of this restaurant or this pub he goes to up there all the time. But once this lockdown's over, I think it's that's my probably first... main event. It's either that's main one, event. That's one of them. Or right? uh, or give the Gilwood. I don't think the Gilwood's there anymore though. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I'll I'll have to ask him after the show's done, or he'll he'll listen and be like, "Yo, it's this one, Cyril. It's this one." But um, he's a nice dude, and he talks he talks up about Glace Bay. I grew up going to Shetty Camp a lot, like every summer, every uh, yeah, everybody in his family. So that's what's up. Kate Breton, near and dear to my heart, man. I absolutely positively love that space, that that spot. Like people are like, yeah. people, it, it's obviously a part of Nova Scotia, but it feels like a completely different world. And I tell people that all the time. Like it if does, you have a man. chance, if you've never been, check it out, man. It's a totally different spot. It's on its own tip. It's doing its own thing. It's this, it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest little community, man. Cause when I was coming up, you either played hockey or you got beat up. And I did not play hockey. So I, I moved around a lot too when I was a kid. So after my folks got divorced, we like I was in Glace Bay, I was in Sydney, and then I moved to New Brunswick. And then I was like, I was all over the map. So I didn't have a huge impact socially in Glace Bay, but I, I've been there my whole life because that's where my, my, my dad and my stepmom still live there. So coming from wherever I was living at the time and then going into Glace Bay, Glace Bay was like always the same. It was this weird, this weird postcard of an era that I, I remember very well from being a kid all the way up to now. I can relate. Pe- yeah. It's just, it's, it's the weirdest man, but I love it. Cause like the community there is tough as nails, mm. um, but everybody looks out for each other and then they all complain together and then they all <laughs> up together. It's just, yeah, it's a weird little vibe, man. I love it. I don't know how to describe it any other way. It sounds a lot like Eastern passage. You know, I tell people <laughs> it's the same thing. I guess like, so. Yeah. We're, we're, we're only 10, 15 minutes from Dartmouth, which is only then about five extra minutes from Halifax, but it feels it's like a completely world. different world. And it's, it's the same thing. Like you either are one or the other, you're either yep. a fisherman or you're getting beat up by the fisherman. Um, we definitely <laughs> grew up arguing and fighting with them guys growing up. But you know, as we got older, we made friends with them because that's small town living, small town community. And 
Um, yes. Talking to Mitchell yeah. over the last year, really getting to know him. Glace Bay sounds like an amazing place. And I told him. It's wild, this, dude. When this damn lockdown is over, I think I have to come up and visit just because I, I, I want to yeah. get that Cape Breton air back in my lungs because it's something I miss from my youth, man. What you don't have cigarettes over there? <laughs> I'm quit. <laughs> I, I've I've quit, man. I uh, uh good for you. Yeah, I That's stopped. Awesome. I stopped smoking before Halloween. The, I don't even remember the exact day, but I re, I know it's before Halloween because I took my son out for his first real Halloween this year. And uh, that's what's up. I didn't have a cigarette that night. Yeah. Actually, kind of proud of myself. Like, well, shit, guys, guess what happened today? I didn't smoke a cigarette. I don't remember the last time I smoked one. So that's how it starts, man. Um, you got to just like, once you get on that, once you get on that streak, oh, you just got to keep that shit up. It really is. And I mean, my lady has been honestly part of that distraction. It, it's helped me a lot mm -hmm. because she's not a cigarette smoker. We both smoke. Um, I still mm -hmm. smoke weed and I still put tobacco in my weed from time to time just to kind of cut that edge. But that's such a, like such a Dartmouth. Oh, it is. Thing. Uh, Cause we didn't do that shit in like Glace Bay or Sydney or New Brunswick. Even I mean, in Truro, you, man, even in Truro, if you go up to Truro and you put tobacco in your weed, they, they're thrown uh, off what? by it. It seems like it's like once you get to like Enfield in the airport, <laughs> that's where it ends with the tobacco and weed everywhere else in Nova Scotia. It's not. A it's thing. true. Yeah. I don't understand it. And because I, I was never a cigarette smoker. I was a drinker. Like drinking was my thing. But I'm, yeah. I'm a year sober, a year, yeah. like a week sober, something Good like that. Good for you, brother, man. Good for Thanks, you. Thanks, my man. Yeah, when you'd haul ass on a on a joint that was rolled by someone at Dartmouth and you don't know there's tobacco in it, I could tell you real quick that you do know. You're like, whoo, god damn it. Like you're like my knees would cough. Oh, like it would, it would just be brutal. I, I still get that feeling, but that's the feeling I look for sometimes. I'll I'll that like hard like ass. A, yeah. I'll go like a yeah. week without smoking with tobacco in my weed. And then I'll wake up one day cranky as shit and i i know that <laughs> feeling that i want to have yeah so i'll roll one with tobacco and it, it's almost like that head rush feeling from back when i was a teenager smoking for the first time you said it yeah right your knees it gives you a shiver it, like you're but, just like oh god but and that's you're good to go sets you right when you're a, yeah exactly when you're a longtime smoker like me and you've quit that feeling, honestly, that can kill your buzz for a week to a month. Like mm -hmm. it, it's uh, it's incredible. And and you just mentioned that you're year plus sober, brother. Good for you, man. Congratulations. Hey, thanks, man. Um, what, that was a that was a struggle. So you just you, you said it was just alcohol. If if you don't mind sharing, I mean, we can definitely no, uh, tall, man. set this stuff aside. But I saw you. I saw you. You posted on social media, and and, and it kind of yeah. struck me um, because you seem like you're such a a lighthearted, open fun guy but i'm the same way you know i've gotten over my demons mm -hmm. and and people when they talk to me and get to know me they find out the real me and they're, they're kind of taking yeah. it back like whoa so if you want yeah just share that brother because like it's, it's kind of a theme of the show accidentally mental health and struggles and people getting over yeah. stress so yeah man if, if you can man that that would be wonderful of course, of course so for me i'd drink paint thinner if i could man and i was i was never destructive that wasn't my thing my thing was just I could just drink and I could drink a lot. Like I would have a gold medal in competitive drinking without question. And cause I could just always go. I, I just seemed to be able to continue. And that's not like, Ooh, look at me and how much I can drink. Like, it's not, it's not that it's mostly just, I just really liked it. And I didn't know when to stop and it never bothered me. You know, I didn't lose my job because I was drunk at work or anything like that. And it was never anything like that. It was just, if I could have a drink on me, I did. So like, you know, you roll out on a Saturday morning, you know, you're, you're in your early twenties, 
we roll out on Saturday morning and I've got like a two liter bottle of vodka in my book bag and like a sketchbook and I'm rolling around, you know, I, that type of stuff. I still think about that stuff, man. That type of stuff is so fun, but I just have so much more on the line now. Like I'm 36. I own a house. I've got two cars. I've got dogs. I'm married the whole thing. And I like, I own two businesses. There's so much more on the line. And it just eventually got to the point where my doctor was like, your heart is like under the stress of a 60 year old CEO. And she's like, you need to stop drinking. If that ain't a sign, man, I don't know what is. Took me five years to take it seriously. So I've been hospitalized a couple of times because like I don't do half measures. Like I go hard in the paint. Booze just happened to be the thing I went hard in the paint on, man. And I really, really enjoy it. And I really miss it. And I just think it's great. It was my whole thing. But eventually when you get older, stuff just like doesn't function the way that it did. Like a hangover used to just knock me out for like three days. It was horrible. And then I would still just like drink that day. But it once heart palpitations and blood pressure problems and like uh, atrial fibrillation, like all like all the thing, all the things that you get hospitalized for and they go, holy fuck, you got to slow down or stop. Basically, I got the warning a couple of times in a row before I stopped. And lockdown, the first lockdown in April 420 of last year, oddly. I drank more yeah. probably from that April, I'll say probably till about June, because I went through a lot mm-hmm. of shit too, aside from COVID. Yeah. I drank yeah. more. So like how, man? Like like not mm-hmm. to be like, <laughs> it's no, impo- no. like you, you're proof that it's possible. So like how, my man? 100%. How? I think part of what appealed to me about it in a very morbid way is that if I was going to do it, Part of the story being I did it at the top of lockdown was appealing to me because I'm so very much like no half measures. So I quit cold turkey, man. I just decided that day because I had spent, I was awake, I think at that point for about two or three days, I probably had about like four hours of sleep or something. My heart palpitations were off the rails. Like I just, I couldn't function. I was a mess. I was a shambling mess. And it made me really lazy. It made me really toxic. It made me just shitty just made me shitty um i was always thinking about drinking because eventually it goes from like a fun party kind of thing to you're just drinking all the time which is fine and then you're drinking mowing the lawn which is great no problem but then it's just like i'm always drunk and then i'm like just sick and then you go like well how come i feel so shitty and why am i depressed and all that stuff I, i would never let myself admit it's just because i will not stop drinking so at the top of lockdown i was like holy shit if that means I'm home all day, like I'm done for, like, I like, this is what the doctors tell, like, I'm going to die. And that's not rad. Cause I'm like 35, like 36 now, obviously, I suppose. I was like, this is going to knock my ass out. So I just had to quit. Cause I was like, I would like to still be alive past 35. So I just, I, I quit. I had to quit. I just like gave it up and it was brutal. It was super tough and it's tough every day. But the saying that got me through it, which my wife and I love collecting little tidbits. Like when somebody phrases something in just the right way, we just love that. We share little snippets of valuable business information or concepts or things like that. I just love when someone sums something up in a very eloquent way. I didn't come this far to only come this far. And I was like, ah, I love that. And it just like really helped me keep the streak alive. So then I got... Once I started getting healthy and I started taking my physical health better and like working out and exercising and all that stuff, it just became harder and harder to screw the streak up. 
you know, and I just, I couldn't, I, Jerry Seinfeld, I'm a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld, um, as a businessman. I mean, his comedy, obviously, and Seinfeld, the show and whatever comedians in cars with coffee. I thought like, I love the behind the scenes stuff. And I love talking about process. Well, that's part of his business. That's like you would just said, you praising his business sense. That's part of it. Like Jerry's yeah. not here to open the blinds mm-hmm. of his life, if you will. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I approach things too, which is like, uh, so to finish my Seinfeld point and then back to the blinds thing, Seinfeld's whole approach to writing is don't break the street. Just, I, he was like, I got good at writing because I wrote every day. That's it. Um, and I just, I always had that in the back of my mind where I'm like, I'm going to get good at not drinking by just not drinking every day. And I know it sounds so stupid and just like straightforward, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, make no mistake. It's tough. So in terms of opening the blinds, I am a firm believer in, like, I don't really, I don't hold anything back when I talk to people or when I, when I do business or like, I, you know, if I'm, if, like I don't lie to people as a salesman. I try to bring integrity to it because there's nothing in it for me if you find out that I'm full of shit. Um, and that's what I bring the milk caps to or I'm, you know, like, this is the only hat I got. It's not like I'm sitting on 50 of them and then I'm trying to scam 49 other people. It's like, I got one. So here you go. But I approach that. I have that approach with mental health and with my drinking and with struggles and shit because like to, to sit there and pretend like, no, 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 I don't have that stuff. Not me. That's insane. All it does is pretend that that shit's not out there. And it like it hurts someone else who probably needs a, who, who needs help. So since that post, I've had like probably a dozen people reach out to me and talk about their struggles or their trying or how did you X, Y, Z or what's your approach to this? And then probably a good like two dozen people reach out and say, hey, I've been sober for 10 years, seven years, eight years, six months. Like I taught so dude, I got like a hundred, no joke. Like I like to exaggerate certain aspects of things to make them funny, but no joke. I got well over a hundred messages about that post. It was bananas. I could not believe the amount of support, but for me, it's just important to be honest about that shit and see through about that stuff, you know? So you, I was like, if yeah, you break the ice like that, the way you did, mm-hmm. yeah. you're, you're maybe doing that for somebody else. Like I always say, you're the icebreaker, but there's a bunch of small boats behind you. Like that's just a weird yeah, that's a really metaphor. Good thing. But that's, no, that's something it. that I was told when I was working um, in childcare. Like sometimes mm. kids have issues. You can break mm-hmm. the ice by telling them experiences and times in your life when you had similar issues. Then they'll open. I got up. a good one. Yeah, I got a good one for that. Yeah. So, so I was an animation director for like, well, not a director for 15 years, but I was an animator working my way up to be a director. I, I worked in the industry for about 15 years. And I was always the person that studios would put in front of clients or put in front of classrooms of students. And eventually I taught at NASCAD and I taught it, you know, I, I was, I was everywhere because my story is interesting and I can talk about it in an interesting way. Um, Cause I'm fairly animated and I can identify with those kids who got like, I got bullied growing up. So I can speak to that fairly easily. I can speak to, you know, like uh, my folks were divorced really early. So like, you know, all this stuff that, they don't really talk to you about in school. So in terms of students and opening up and being the icebreaker, I was teaching once um, at a school. And after class, there was one student who was still sitting there. uh, And she was trying to eventually express to me that she was coming to terms with how to break it to her parents that uh, she was gay. And she didn't know how to do it. And she was like suicidal and the whole thing. And I was like, holy shit, 
Like I am not a psychiatrist, nor am I licensed to be any type of help. But I was like, here's what I would do. And then I, you know, we just had a pretty straight up, like super, super honest conversation over the course of an hour. And a couple of years later, she reached out to me and she was like, Hey man, it all went really, really well. Um, I just wanted to give you an update that I'm still alive. And I was like, Oh, whoa, <laughs> like crazy. But that's like, you know, again, I'm not saying, I'm not telling that story to be like, Ooh, look at me. I'm so special. It's not that it's the, it's the ability to speak honestly about a thing in the hopes that it helps somebody else. And now I'd be lying if I said that's why I did it. Um, it's mostly just like, I'm interested in helping other people. And if they get something out of that long-term, great. But yeah, it's a, it was an interesting, really, really interesting situation to be involved in that somebody was like, I'm suicidal. I was like, Oh, like, Oh God, I only know how to talk about art. You know, yeah. like, what do I, what do I do here? Yeah. But yeah. It was, it was pretty wild, man. Um, it was pretty wild, but yeah, I love the idea of the icebreaker and then a lot of little boats. That's, yeah, man, so important. anybody that's listening, that's a big one. It's, it's important. Like, you know, I've, I've had my, my issues, if you will, in the past and my vices and having mm -hmm. the ability to just talk to people about it, even if they haven't had an issue with it, maybe they can tell my story to somebody who's having an issue. Hey, my buddy, Chris is dealing with the same thing. Here's what he did. Similar to what you did with your student. Like it's very important. Mm -hmm the train of communication and conversation going with these subjects to be yeah. off, be open and to be truthful. You know, yep. there's no, there's no point. In, I always say this, you know, when you go to the doctor, why lie? You're there for a reason. You know, if, if you're hundred percent two people, you don't lie to the tax man and your doctor, like that's, that's <laughs> just the, the, the ways to live life. So um, I, yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I had a ton of respect for you before. Um, uh, thank you. But when I, when I saw that post, you know, people think that being vulnerable or being open about stuff like that could be damaging to a business for some reason. But yeah. when people are willing to show and it, you're seeing it more now over the years, you know, I'm not a huge advocate for Bell Let's Talk, but the mm -hmm. idea of it and what it's mm -hmm. on in a lot of other smaller entities and corporations, you know, that's what we need to see more of. So mm -hmm. uh, once again, man, congratulations, kudos to you. And at the Thanks, same man. time, keep going. Cause like you said, a year is just a year. You want to do this for the rest of your life, man. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a whole thing, man. It's, yeah. it's, you got to haul ass on it for sure. But uh, you know, uh, keeping that streak alive just becomes super, super important. Like it's, it kind of, when you're in sales, the way that you get people to purchase the product from you is they have to see the value in it. It can't be a price thing or you're going to lose forever. They got to see the value in it. So for me, my values started to shift and my values started to change and I started to put value in being sober. And I know that sounds really like, man, cause like when I was, when I was knee deep in the paint on that stuff, I was just like, yeah, you know, like, ah, sobriety, who cares? Who needs it? But, but like, if, you know, you get, you get too cynical about it. But yeah, once I started to, to reevaluate and then revalue certain things, um, then it becomes a lot easier to deal with. Like, it, there's definitely days when I'm just like, holy shit, I'd love to just like smoke myself insane and drink like, uh, you know, a ton. But you can't do that shit, man. <laughs> That's just it, man. When, priorities, it, man. when priorities force themselves on you. And I mean, that was for my son. Yeah. It didn't even happen immediately with my son. Like, I was dealing with some health issues when he was born. Mm. Like he was born, I was trying to get a new job, didn't work out, so stress hit mm. me hard. I'm taking yeah. care of my grandfather. My grandmother ended up being ill, got a hernia. So Jesus. I had like a, a snowball of things too that kept me in my vices. But yeah. once I once my health improved, 
the only thing holding me back was my vices. And yeah. that's when it got to a point where my son was now old enough. He's mm -hmm. walking and talking. And I was realizing that I was losing time and effort with him because I was attached to my vices. So yeah, dude, it, it the priority forced itself upon me. And, and I'm glad I realized at a, a young enough age, especially in terms of fatherhood, when I had yeah. to make that shift, when I had to adjust, because I got friends and family that, I mean, their kids are, are now our age and they still haven't Crazy. figured it out. Right. Like I've lost family members because they haven't been able to get over the hill. And it's, you know, I just remembered all the examples of, of family members in the past that couldn't get past that struggle and friends currently that are going through it who have eight, nine, 10 year olds. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be that, especially no. when I'll be in my forties, when mm -hmm. I have a uh, eight, nine, 10 year old, these, yeah. my, my, these friends are still in their twenties and thirties. So it's, it's something where I had to, to really sit down and, and figure out and it's uh, it's mm -hmm. inspiring that you shared your story as well, brother. So um, I appreciate that, man. That's to me. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just, I was like with this, the whole milk caps, because I mean, you're, mm. you're here to talk about the business, of course, but like yeah. I, said, it was, is, I think it was really important for us to start or finish the conversation, especially with that topic. But was milk caps something that was an idea beforehand after like, it, was that part of the reason why you quit drinking? Quite the opposite. So um, it wasn't part of the reason it resulted in after I quit drinking. So I have, as, as anybody listening, you know, anybody's got the potential to do this stuff, the thing, like whatever it is that you're sitting on and you're like, I should start. And then you don't, and you're like, I'll start tomorrow. And then you don't, there's always the thing that's in the way and blah, blah, blah. I always was entrepreneurial, but I never could get off my own ass because um, I was lazy or I was too afraid or whatever, pick a reason. But the, the entrepreneurial advice that you always see is to just start. Like, they're like, just start. Just start at day one. Today's, today's not one day, it's day one. And you're like, shut the hell up. The, like, the, that's Gary, the, the Gary V rants, if you will. That yeah. Always quotes on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I know. And and they Gary, are nauseating, like, but there's something to them. Like, that's what you're Yeah, getting, he knows right? what's up. Exactly. He knows what's up. And for me, that type of shit doesn't work for me. I, because I, I know, like, so you could talk to me until you blew in the face. Unless I know deep down that I'm going to make that decision. I will not listen to your advice. You can talk to me until you're blue in the goddamn face. I'm just like, I will, I know I'm not going to follow this advice. It's got to come from me. If it's not in here, I don't give a shit. Uh, and that's always been the way I am. And I'm pretty honest about it. And it pisses a lot of people off sometimes, admittedly, because I probably, I probably treated a little too, a little too sharp something. Um, but yeah, Gary Vee's got some good shit for sure. But the whole like, just start. Blah, 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 I was like, this is stupid. But for me, it was kind of realizing what I had to stop uh, first to then start. So I kind of posted about that as well, where it was like, you know, I, I didn't realize it, but I had to stop drinking and I had to stop smoking dope and I had to stop being a piece of shit uh, before I could before I could start anything, uh, which makes complete sense. Like, how am I going to run a business when I can't run my own mental health? Um, it doesn't make any sense. People are just going to, you know, I'm never going to make any money. Uh, and I am highly money motivated highly that is the uh, arguably one of the only things that i'm motivated by so i was like how am i gonna make bank when i'm just like hammered all the time so i, I stopped drinking um and then one day this is exactly how this happened one day i was taking a nap and i i don't know what it was i don't know what because i'm not a napper but i just like took a nap uh and i shot up off the couch and i was just like oh, caps and caps and my wife was like what so i was like 
So you remember like pogs, like from back in the day? That was the later question I had. So you're knocking yeah, that yeah. one out too, bro. Yeah. Like I was going to yeah, say, is that what inspired the name? Yeah. So I collect the OG ones, like the ones from the fifties, like where the pog started because of it, it actually started in like Hawaii and like a, in the nineties or something like that. But these caps would come on the old milk bottles and now it's for, you know, you would use them as tokens for milk or the advertisement, blah, blah, blah. So I have like a thousand of them and they're like all different ones. I've got some from San Francisco. I've got some from Picto. I've got some from Toronto. Like I just have a library of them because I just think they're dope. Like as somebody that was, that's been in graphic design and, and design in general for most of my life, I just thought they were really cool. Um, so these like milk, literal milk caps, uh, I just think they're cool. I just think they're awesome. Um, so I shot up off the couch one day and I was trying to think of like, my whole thing is selling premium stuff. I like premium. I like exclusive. I like good product for good value. I like matching people to products they love. So I was trying to think of like, what's the exclusive thing that I can do that people are going to find interesting. So I was like, what if I took old vintage hats and then paired them with old milk caps? And then I made this like exclusive thing where it's like, I only got three of these caps. I only got one of this hat and that's the product. Take it or leave it. So I, I rolled the dice on, uh, I pitched it to my wife and she was like, I guess like caps. And I was like, I think so. Yeah. And in the same sentence, I was like, I'm going to call it milk caps. And we were both like, I guess. So I took a hundred bucks. I rolled the dice. I hit Kijiji. I bought 10 hats for a hundred bucks off of this dude on Kijiji. I posted them. I made my hundred dollars back. Um, like that, we, it took about a week or two to sell a couple of like, you know, four hats or whatever. And then I still had six hats left, which would all be profit. So I was like, all right, phase one successful. That, um, that's a hell of a start. As far as I'm concerned, like breaking, wait even, this breaking even to me would even be as far as I'm concerned, successful, like, okay, there is a market for these hats at $10 a piece. Let me see if I can make, you know what I mean? You took well, that. I sold them. Gamble. Yeah, right? Like you, you yeah, took I that. I sold them for gamble. 25. Straight up. Sold them for 25 a piece. And then uh, somebody reached out to me once over Facebook. And then he's like, I'll give you a call. And I was like, okay. So he calls me and he goes, my dad's got hats. And I was like, what did you just say to me, man? And he's like, my dad's got hats. I'm glad I had the mic on mute because I just laughed so obnoxiously. <laughs> it was like a back alley dealing. My dad got hats for you. My, it, dude, it's true. It's true. So he goes, my dad's got hats. And I was like, all right, all right. So I roll three hours. It was a six hour round trip. So I roll three hours out of town. I get to this guy's property, which I could only describe as murdery. It was like a huge, like wooded area. He had like six barns. One was under padlock. Uh, there was probably like, there was, we had to go up this like super steep set of stairs that were all there. I can tell you right now, they were not up to code. And so we go to the padlock door and I was like, this is where I'm going to die for sure. I'm only four hats into my business and I am fucking dead. So he opens this, this barn and like, I'm not super tall. I'm like six feet tall, six foot one, maybe. Um, and I walk into this, this barn and there are, there's probably about four or five stacks of boxes that are taller than me. Um, and so all in all, there was about 800 hats. Uh, and I bought every single one of them wow. for 300, for 300 bucks. Wow. So that weekend I made my money back 
Holy by just shit. Sorry. And Sorry. that they don't know. This God, is why I need that's... to keep my mic muted because I'm trying to, you see me reacting animated. I know, I know. I'm trying to you keep gotta my keep mic it muted. in there. But I, I, I wanted to say something and then you said something and then just bam, holy crap. Like, wow, <laughs> man. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yes. So I paid my, so I, I made my investment back with, I think it was like 10 hats or something like that. And I still had like 790 hats. There's still, I still have hats. I'm a year in at the end of this week. Mill Caps is a year old. I still have hats from that lot. And it was nothing but profit, like right out of the gates. Once I, once I started doing that, I was like, okay, I think I, I think I got something here. Now my wife is a marketing like genius. She works in marketing. Um, I've got a great sense of how to sell things, how to sell value and premium. And so the two of us are very good together. We make up each other's strengths and weaknesses. And we're, we're a very, very good um, marketing team. So I take her lead on a lot of that stuff and I've learned a shitload from her. So I wanted to approach milk caps from a standpoint of like, I, you know, I learned some, some real fresh tricks in the trade of like how to showcase something that's premium and exclusive and you know, how to, how to spin that engagement and get people to feel that way about your product. And, and so all of those things are at play. Everything I do with milk caps is scrutinized. It's planned every word, every, every picture, the timing of things, the reason why I might post one thing and not six. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, you know, it, all of it. Not to cut you off, like I'm loving this because you're literally knocking out later questions. Like it's one of my favorite things about it, and it's <laughs> honestly what drew me to your page is like the presentation, the style. Thank you. Like, you it's by you're, design. You're using the same Instagram we're using. Like you find yep. a way to literally utilize every space, every bit of it to make it presentable. It's not too mm. much. It's not too gaudy. It's engaging. Like it's thank you. One of my favorite pages, and now like uh, hearing, that, hearing hearing that it's like not just you, but like even your wife is included in kind of that combination of brains to, to make yeah, this oh, yeah. happen. Like, that's really cool that it's not just you. Like, this is a, this is a collaboration. So that's, that's so incredible. A lot of it, I would say like at first, my, the whole thing that I was up against with starting this was how do I deal with the algorithm problem? And I can't. There's nothing I can do. I got 140 followers. Like, what do I do? And and I um, I know all about that as a podcaster, which is why yeah. like I I I admit to people all the time. I used my personal page. I cheated. Like I did what you're not mm -hmm. supposed to do in the social media world. But I said, you know what? My podcast no. is who I am. So as no. far as I'm concerned, I am going to use the platform I've built from just being who I am. Which 100. It, it's not like I'm famous or popular or anything, but. I've grown a small social media following of just engaging with people I've never met before. So as far as yeah. I'm concerned, those are my first target people. When I have a podcast, mm -hmm. I'm not really targeting my family and my friends, my family and my friends do an amazing job sharing my stuff, promoting my stuff for me. Cause I'm not out there saying subscribe, share, follow people just do it on mm -hmm. their own merit. And it's been great, but it's the people I don't know that do it. It's yeah. been awesome. And like, I can already see that you have that kind of fan base building. And do you like, have a, crazy crazy high engagement um yep i get like over a thousand story views like anytime i post anything the, the engagement levels are bananas and i think it comes down to exactly what you were just saying where what was crucial to me was to focus and appeal to a very specific type of person and do that well and then those people will tell their people. And then that's how you start to kind of grow a bit exponentially. So organic when you say growth, organic growth, hundred percent from a sales standpoint, I only want to work with and sell to people who are the right fit. Otherwise you're wasting my time and you're wasting their time. I only want people who 
I only want to focus on the people who are happy to be focused on about hats. That's it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Like why would I ever like, so there's a huge shoe game market out there. I'm sure like the shoes are nuts. I would never try to sell to someone who is super down with shoes. Cause like, I'm just not going to get that market. Uh, like they don't give a shit about hats. They give a shit about shoes. So why would I go like, buy this hat from me? They'd be like, it's not a shoe. So it that said though, sense. that said though, like my buddy said, what you do, that this is totally like off this, off to the side, but you just talking about that. My buddy said, what you do is, is you kind of match. Like, I'm just going to totally randomly off the top of my head. Like if you've got like an old pair of air forces that got that like ultramar blue color, with the yeah. Ultramar hat that you're selling, that actually, you know what I mean? Like, you're not mm-hmm. selling to the shoe market, but you're knocking out mm-hmm. the, that head to toe person that's looking for the vintage look. Where yep. I always joke that most of the hats you're selling end up in the back of a closet. They do. You have found a way to make oh, it I got cool them. again. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Like, you yeah. have found a way to make that look and that style cool again. Like, the trucker hat came and went. I remember a few years ago. Yeah. You used to be able to get Ashton them. Kutcher. Yeah, right? And, and, and <laughs> when I say, 70 show, did yeah, it? Yeah, man. And, and when I say it came and went, it went. Like, after yeah, a while, the snapback kind of came back off of the trucker hat. And it's just been snapback ever since. Like, I'm a fitted wearer myself personally, but if I'm wearing an, another tier of hat, it's the milk cap. It's the style of hat you're selling, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. to me, you say that you're not selling to that market, but as a sort of a sneakerhead, like I don't really rock and wear my shoes, but I have a collection sitting under my bed right now. Yeah. I have a few vintage pairs that I probably wouldn't wear if I wasn't looking for that head to toe look unless I had a vintage hat. So I'm sure you've even accidentally made those connections though. Like you said, you're not trying to, but you've probably. Well, see, that's, that's the thing is that those connections are the organic connections that happen because I focused on the hat people. So my plan with milk caps, I actually had to pivot my audience very quickly when I realized, cause I, I'm a big hip hop guy. I grew up, I grew up break dancing. I like, I'm in the, I'm in the deep cut, like double trouble and, and like all of like oh, treacherous three, okay, all those okay. guys, man. Those are all my jam. Like Charlie chase I grew up Straight like all up. those guys, right. Straight up. All those guys. So I love that stuff, man. And I still listen to that stuff like beat street. I watched until it was until a VHS just like wouldn't work anymore. Wild style. And I remember growing up trying to cop those moves. So I was a popper and locker, right? I was, that was my whole thing. I didn't have the upper body strength for power moves, but I grew up like breakdancing, man. And just like, if you could cut on a turntable, I was just fascinated. Like I was just like, give it to me, baby. And then I also played trumpet. So from there, because of my deep love for hip hop, I, I would hear all these jazz hooks. And then eventually as I got older, I, I went into deep dive in jazz and I've never come back out. That's all I listen to is like, I'm, I'm a deep, deep, deep jazz guy. It's funny you um, say that because like Kanye West, people used to criticize him for using the samples, but anybody yeah. who's got an ear for music like myself, I really got into the blues, jazz, yeah. funk, mm-hmm. R&B and soul oh, from like the 70s and so 80s. Good. Oh man, like... And even like, I, I actually give a little more credit, to be honest, to like Dr. Dre and DJ Quick and those guys for kind of getting me into like uh, Zap mm-hmm. and Roger and the Isley Brothers, like the, what, those, yeah, those yeah, kind of yeah. like, you know, it's not quite funk. But once I ended yeah. up listening to Kanye and he was sampling the Rick yeah. Jameses of the world, if you will, that was when that's when music changed for me. Now, I'm still yeah. like literally close your eyes, reach your hand in a hat and draw a genre. I'll listen to everything and anything. But yeah. if I'm by myself, cleaning, cooking, doing whatever, 
I find myself listening to anywhere from that blues to jazz range now, man. Like you get trapped mm -hmm. if you can appreciate the compositions. Oh, dude, that's you nailed it, man. That's what that's what jazz does for me is like I just get stuck. I get deep and like I, I've got soundtracks for everything, man. If it's like raining out or if I'm like I want that New York style or I want something that meanders or I'm looking for like I'm looking for, you know, Spanish rice, you know, Clark Terry. I want that fun horn like there's dude there's i could go on about this forever where all of this where i was going with that was that's initially who i wanted to target because i like grow, growing up i did graffiti and then i was classically trained as an animator so my style is really wild like my my actual like artistic stuff it's just like super weird and again i'm not saying that to be like Ooh, look at me uh it's more like it just because of the stuff that all of the things that led into my art well, yeah, that's, cool. that, that's it. Like, like, even with music, I say to people, like, mm -hmm. music is all the things that are, that your life, yeah. it, it's a culmination of, like, and it feels like what you're saying, that's literally what this is. Exactly. So my initial target audience, because I have this, I have such a deep, deep, just hip hop and, and breaking and jazz has all given me so much that I was like, how do I give back to that? So I've directed a couple of music videos and I, I would always try to like, do art shows or just like pay back to hip hop, like what hip hop's given to me. And, and, and I, I would, and cause that's like, I think at hip hop's core is what hip hop is about too, is like people who love it and respect it and pay it back. Yep. Um, and that was kind of how I wanted to start milk caps too. So I was like, I'm going to, I want to target people that feel this way about hip hop and jazz and all that stuff. Anyway, turns out those people do not give a shit about vintage hats. <laughs> and they, awesome. they're, shoe, they're shoe people. Yeah, they're, that's true. They're man. all shoe people, man. Yep. And like hats are hats are dope, but they got to be the flat, the flat brim, like fitted, mm. like sticker on the top. Uh, so like there's a there's an entire vibe of hats there that I just like fucking was not that at all. So it turns out my audience very quickly. Um, I was like, I got to pivot here like tomorrow. So I did. I, I, I pivoted. It was like in the first probably month or three. And the moment I pivoted, shit just like took off. Um, it was it's like the dudes like you like I don't have any kids, but like it's like dudes like you and I who are like craft beer drinking dads. Uh, who just like, they don't want to shop for shit, but they'll buy something they think is cool. They need it curated. And at the core of Mill Caps, that's what it is. I got a thousand hats upstairs, but y'all are only going to ever see six a night because I'm going through them and I'm trying to find the cool ones for you. So once I once I established who my new audience was and, and I could focus in that direction, shit really started to pop. And then I started selling them. I started, I started with three a night and then those started to go too fast. And I was still working corporate jobs at the time because when I left it when I left the industry uh, and I moved over into sales full-time because I like to talk uh, and I can make money off of talking so like why not I moved into sales full-time about five years ago and well, I was still working for, for some corporate jobs I had I, I got this corporate job in like September of last year and very quickly it was uh it, they sold me something that they were not um, so I got the hell out of there and it was I was only there for a couple of weeks before I was like I'm sick of, I hate working for people. I've always hated working for people. And this was just a really big nail in, in my corporate career where I was like, I will never fucking work for somebody else again. Like, I can't do it, man. I just can't. I can't get up in the morning and go to work for fucking gym. Like, who cares? I just, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. So I quit. I just like, I pieced out 
And I was like, I'm going to roll on milk caps full time. And that night I started posting six hats and I haven't had, I've, that's the milk caps is my full-time job since like October of last year. And it's, it's been wow. so successful. It's helped me open another business. And which is my, a question I had down the road too. What's this other business you're saying, my friend? Milk caps is great. I, I thoroughly appreciate it. I love it to death. Um, my concern about milk caps was that it's a very specific type of, of need. I like to constantly remember not to build my mansion on someone else's property. You know, I've got milk caps on Instagram. If all of a sudden Instagram Facebooks itself and then it just dissolves, then I got nothing. Uh, and I can't have that. I can't retire on nothing. So what's my long-term goal? Um, so that's where Marmalade Advertising came in. Um, so if you look at hats and you back up from it, a hat's a promotional product, like a really nice promotional product. Uh, I have promotional products experience due to my corporate uh, experience and B2B world, that whole thing. So I was like, I'm going to open a promotional products company that focuses on premium products. So you're a business uh, and you're like, we need pens. And I'm like, no, you don't. There's so many garbage pens out there. <laughs> Every goddamn conference I've ever been to, there's like a trash can full of pens, like 10 feet from the entrance. If anybody's listening to this and you're thinking about getting a pen, just don't get a pen. Just give me a call for the love of God. <laughs> so that's that was the whole thing with marmalade was like all right now it's less about selling the hat and more about how do i make this hat who do i gotta go to to make this hat how do i figure that process out so milk caps pays for my whole life and while that's going on in the evening during the day i'm sitting here grinding because cold calls and talking to people and just like pulling business out of thin air that's my that's my shit i love that stuff I love cold calls. Uh, I just, cause you're like, you don't fucking know me. If I blow this, you don't even, don't even remember my name. But yeah, I, I just, I cold call for business. I set people up. I know the whole, I know the whole thing. I sell on value, high value products. Um, and honestly, it's just a trust. You just build trust and you, and you can't exploit that. And you got to find the right fit for the right company. And sometimes that company thinks they need A. And then I take a look at the data and I go, you actually need B. And I go, well, why? And I go, well, here are all the reasons why. Um, and then they pay me for that. So yeah, then good, I get their love. you, man, not to cut you off. Like yeah. you've already no, parlayed no. this into something within like, yeah. like, like that's, man, like, well, this is stuff I didn't How do know, I like, survive, right? Yeah. Like, how do I survive? How do I take milk caps to another level? Because man, there's some biters. There's some biter accounts, dude. Like there's I, been. I'm seeing the copycats pop up. And I was going to message you about this account that I think you're getting at. Um, I get messages about uh, biter yeah. accounts, dude, like once a day. Um, and that's cool. There's man. that's that, you know what, dude, it's wow. they are constant. There were none. Oh, I should, sorry, I shouldn't say it. Of course, there well, were some. But no, but this I is the thing, though, bro. This. this is but this is the thing, though. Uh, and, and, and I've emphasized this to people. I can't think of anything like what you're doing east of Montreal. There's there's a guy yeah. in Montreal. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's does something similar, but it's not just that style of hat. Yeah, like, he's got propeller hats on there. He's got uh, propeller hat be pretty dope. Velcro, yeah, <laughs> some of them are dope. He's got like Velcro strap hats on there. Um, yeah. really expo and impact oriented. And Montreal Canadians are like he's it's yeah. like Montreal. That doesn't and then it's kind of similar to like how yours feels very local with a lot of yeah. the hats you have. Like they're one of well, one. Well, that's by or, design. Yeah, you exactly, talk about right? strategy. Yep. You know, you talk about strategy. I didn't want to build a business on yep. only selling retro pepsi or coca-cola hats yeah, exactly. because then when i have a cool small business hat no one's gonna give a shit yeah so i made a company based off of selling those niche hats right on so that when i do have a top tier ultramar hat 
then that thing is gone. And it's a special fun thing. Yeah. But I didn't want to just build a company because anybody could do that, um, yeah. which you'll see like a lot of these, a lot of these copycat companies, they all start up and they all go hard in the paint for, for a couple of weeks because uh, they've got some heat. And a lot of these accounts they do have, they've got some really good hats, man, and good on them. Cause like they know, they see what I'm doing from a superficial standpoint and think that that's all it takes. Now milk caps is like an 18 hour a day job. Um, like I just, I, I do not stop focusing on it, but ostensibly it just looks like I'm doing it for an hour a night, but that's not the case at all. But you know, a lot of people just think it's an easy entry kind of idea. And then that's how they treat it where it's like, you know, post a picture of a hat, fat bank. And you're like not quite, yeah. But and that's like my, you know. my buddy Nathan, um, back to Bel Air. He's like a a vintage. Oh uh, yeah, man. You know he's got yeah. some heat. He's yeah. got some great stuff. And and like he's he's always acknowledged the fact that he's not the first person to do it. But he wanted to find a lane that nobody else yeah. was touching, and he kind of hit that's all that, I did that Fresh Prince ish style thing that Will was doing. Um, yeah, and it kind of evolved into something different. But he always acknowledges the fact that there were ideas from it before. But these other people that are starting these businesses now aren't really crediting or acknowledging the fact that they were inspired by him because they mm-hmm. didn't know about the businesses that inspired him. So yeah. like, I, I for me, of, like I, I wasn't inspired by any business. Like yeah. I didn't look at this stuff. I just thought of a cool idea and I was like, I like hats. I've always worn hats. So I don't know, maybe other people like hats and I just kind of started organically. And then it's turned into this thing where I see copycat accounts on a daily basis Man, they get close, man. There's like one guy right now that I think was able to, he combed through my account and knows exactly, exactly my, like does errors, cop my language, cop the way that I, I post hats, cop this picture style, cop the location tags. Now I'm not the first person to do any of that stuff, but to put it all together as my branding and then to slap your branding on it with a really similar name. I'm like, why would you? Why would you try to do a cheap knockoff of someone else's thing? Just do your yeah. own. There's yeah. like, there's so much like sell hats. I don't give a shit if you sell hats, go for it. Sell hats better than I sell hats. Go for it. Yeah. But the thing about the person who finishes in second constantly is that they're looking at the person who finishes in first. Bingo. I'm, I'm never looking at the people behind me. I'm just kind of, I, and that's not an arrogance thing. It's just in order for me to survive and continue to, to, to make this thing a functional entity, I need to be focused forward. I need to be focused on what's the next, what's the next thing? Like, what do I have in the pipes right now that in six months, I'll be glad I started. Enter like marmalade, that's, right? Enter yeah, marmalade. Dude, ex- exactly. Cause yeah. now I own a company that can make hats. So now with milk caps, I can start focusing on the businesses in town. Where do you get your hats? Cause now you get them from me. And then they go, we don't have the money for that. And I go, great. <laughs> then we move on <laughs> see you next time guys yeah exactly <laughs> but, but does it, does me, it flatter like, you or does it piss you off like because i remember um, talking to nathan about it and he says it just depends like he said he totally had a couple, depends he's had a couple people actually reach out to him and say you've inspired me to reach into my closet and do this and like nathan says he loves that even if they are direct competition even if yeah. they take jersey sales hat sales off of him he yeah. loves it that he's inspiring somebody but he says some of these pages will pop up They'll be hot mm-hmm. for a couple of months, like you said, then they'll fade into it. And they just disappear. And then you go and find out it's a homie. 
It's a friend of yours. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. Talking to Nathan about this and now hearing you talking about it right now. And, and I'm seeing, like I said, this one account followed me. I didn't follow him back. I'm like, I know what you're doing. You're biting, bro. This is 100%, man. But like, does it, biters. does it piss you off or does it like low key flatter you in a way? Like, hey, my actual fresh idea off the top of my head is mm-hmm. inspiring people to do this. Like you said, if you want yeah. to do your own thing, but does it kind of flatter you in a way? I'd be lying if I said it didn't absolutely infuriate me to the ends of the earth as a person, as a business, I cannot acknowledge that shit. Um, Cause I just, I can't, I got to focus forward, but it infuriates me because not because not because it's like someone else in the market, they're going to steal my business. I have great customers. I have loyal customers. They have a very specific niche. Like I'm not selling sports hats. So anybody that's listening, start to own account, sell sports hats. It's going to be great. I have no interest in it. It's just when they, when they, when they see things that they think work and they do it without the knowledge for why it works. And then they just, they, they water down the market and then they disappear. And then you go, why would you do like, why would you do that to yourself? Like it makes me frustrated for them from a flattery standpoint. It's really, really cool to see a thing that I've built that other people go me too. And then they, they just do it themselves. And you're like, that's nuts. Like, it's crazy, man. There's, and a lot of them have combed through my account. They follow all my people and then they block me. I don't understand. See, that's, it yeah, blows, see, that's just, blows that's, my mind. that's a mess, man. Like to me, that's a mess. Like, I just, and think this is why when Nathan, funny. when Nathan talked about the people that would reach out to him, I was like, you know what? That's really cool. Like that's because no some people do than, reach out, which is cool. they reach out for advice, which is awesome. That's amazing. It's the people that don't acknowledge and then try and then they do, they copy stuff and they never look you in the eye. That type of stuff. I'm like, all right, be, put, hold your chest up and, and look me in the eye and talk to me about your game because I'll help. I'm, I'm totally cool to help. But it's the guys that just go like the back alley and don't think it like, trust me, man. I know all of it. I know all of the people that are, I know exactly where they all stand, how long they usually take before they piss off and peter out. Like I know all of, I know where the whole game sits because that's the point. I have to know. Um, but I do have people reach out that are really positive that are like, I want to start my own thing out here in BC. And I'm like, great. You're, you're never going to be competition for me. So go for it. If there's one thing that that is consistent across, across social media as a business platform, it's that you have got to be consistent. That's you have to be consistent. Um, and people know the difference. People know if you're biting because man, they, they, they point it out to me. 90% of the time, I the reason I find out about these accounts is because people point me at, like, they go, here, check this out. I'm like, weird. And you they can't go, even find it never... because they already have you blocked, like you were just saying, right? Yeah, I'm like, weird. One guy one guy actually posted a milk, uh, I think it just said milk on it. So a milk cap. He actually posted, I know, and it was blue. It was blue and white. So, which I find so funny, dude, because it, you know, it was a cool hat or whatever. <laughs> but like... for me, I was like, you're literally pointing your customers to my brand literally like, like, was gonna it say. was like literally it was all it missed was one word it was in a, like the no name cursive yes <laughs> it was in a cursive font and everything and i was like dude this is the best advertisement i never had to pay for and i just thought it was so funny because and that's like where the strategy behind all of it is where i'm like you know awesome dude like cool hat but like i just got like six of your followers and it's just because somebody was like yeah blah 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 and like tagged me in it or something and i couldn't see it so then someone sent it to me. A couple of people actually sent me that specific hat. A few people that night. Um, and one guy was like, 
you must have seen this. And I was like, no, like, what is it? Like, can you send me a screenshot? Um, and he was just like, homies out there stealing your work. And I was like, I guess, man, like, do you think like, it's really cool to have started a thing that people want to cop. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can get like, all right, try your own thing for the love of God. But of other times when people, when people reach out because they're inspired, I got all the time in the world for that shit. If you're inspired and you want advice or like how, or you want the story, dude, I am all too happy to do it. Plus you yeah. have like what you've already established is like that personal com- connection with your community. Like you, yeah. you shared stories on social media. You shared a story with me and you have what these guys don't have and may never be able to achieve. It's that mm-hmm. nostalgia that you de- you've developed like that first person to, to make this lane, to make this, I'm trying to think of the right term, make this path, make this kind of. I, I got the term for you and that's why it's in my bio. Okay. The, the word, the word is official. Official. Bam. Official. Like, that it, was like right? from day one as a yep. selling tactic from day one. It was like, I'm official. I'm the yep. official one. Straight like uh, there might be other, there might be other accounts. You can phrase whatever you want, but I got official. Straight I'm official. The hell up. Straight the hell yeah. up. And you were talking about like that you you have a fan base, like you don't just mm-hmm. have customers, you have a fan base, like share a couple of stories, man, because like I said, your hats, you you talked about the exclusivity that you, I don't know if it was by accident or on, I guess it was on purpose, kind of based on what you're saying, but how it's become exclusive in its exclusivity is, is unique in itself, like talk about, I guess, some of the personal stories that selling these hats have developed, oh, man. because I'm sure you've got more than a handful of them. I love more than anything when a hat, because I don't know anything about these hats. I have specifically made it a mandate for myself not to do any research about the companies because inevitably somebody reaches out and knows about the company. It happens all the time. Uh, and I love that. And then typically it's so niche that that's the only person that would ever want that hat. And where did you find it? And blah, blah, blah. And I can't, that's my uncle's this or my grandmother's that's that. so cool. I love that shit, dude. I eat that stuff up and it happens all the time just love it. So I don't read uh, anything about these companies. I don't look them up. I'll just throw them out there and it's going to mean something to somebody. Uh, and I love, love, love that shit. I live for that shit. And I talk, I give everybody the time of day, dude. I post at 9 PM every night, but I don't get off my phone until probably midnight, midnight 30. Cause like, I just give everybody the time, man. Cause people are going to talk to me about the thing that I do that I also think is cool. Why would I not talk to them about that too? Cause they think it's cool. I just like it. I just like hats at the end of the day, man. And I'm just happy to talk about them. So the coolest story for sure. And I've, uh, there's been a lot of cool stories, man. I, I actually, I wish I wrote them down, but this one sticks out. Um, so I posted a hat brother reached out to me. He's like, I'll buy that hat. I like cool sold sells it squares up a couple hours later. I got a message from this guy and he's just like, that hat was my grandfather's company. And I was sitting on the other end of the phone and I was like, look, I'm in sales. You can't just, you can't just say that shit, pulling my heartstrings and with nothing, you got to back that up. I didn't say that to him, <laughs> but I was like, Hey, cool, man. That's awesome. Cause like, it's already sold. Like, what do you want me to do? So we talk about it a little bit. And then I was like, Oh, wild dude. Like that's cool and stuff. But I was like, you know, who knows? This could be some dude that's just trying to like get a discount. You know, you don't know. You gotta be, you gotta be on your toes as a business. So I, uh, you know, we're, we're shooting the shit a little bit about it. And then he comes back like 40 minutes later or something and sends me a pol- a picture of a Polaroid from like the seventies with his grandfather in it, wearing the hat. And I was like, get out of here. 
So it's his grandfather's company. His grandfather's in this Polaroid picture wearing the hat. I, it's not obviously it's not the hat that I have, but it's it's the exact hat that I have from his company. So I was like, mother of God, we've got to figure something out. So I messaged the guy that bought it. And I was like, here's what's up. This dude, grandfather, sends me the picture. I send it to him. I refund brother because he's just like 100%. He was super cool with it. So I refund him and then sell it to other guy. And he comes and picks it up and was just like elated, like booze popping off. And this is over a fucking hat, dude, that I just had in like a box. I didn't even, I don't know the value of it to somebody. Because if I did, I'd just be putting them up all the time. Uh, but I didn't know the, obviously didn't know the value of it. It's just a hat that I randomly put up one night and it turns into this like spider web of like personal stories. And I am shocked perpetually at how often somebody is emotionally connected to the graphics on a hat. It's unreal, dude. And it's exactly why I do what I do. I just think it's the dopest. So that I ended up hooking this guy up with a, with a hat. And then other brother was just like, yeah, cool, man. Like, let me know if you get another one, which I, at this point, I have no idea what it was. Cause I'm like 3000 hats deep. at this point. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I guess you said like, you got to start writing these down, man. Maybe make a, uh, how milk cap started book with all these wonderful imagine. stories. Between, right? Imagine. Like, Yes, man. Oh, that's wonderful, bro. And that's the thing too. Like I even see people commenting, like maybe they didn't purchase the hat. Cause like, like I said, I I've wanted to buy a hat off you, but every time I've, I have you on my notifications and I still get there. Yeah. It's old man. Like it's, it's amazing to see how fast your business moves, but dude, they, it moves see, quick. And that's gotta be great though, man. Cause like you said, it, it's fun. it gives you a little more access to be able to, to have conversations with people on a personal level about the hats rather than worrying about those other five hats you're trying to sell that day because those five are going as fast as the first one you sold too right so yeah that's cool man like and that's why i was saying like these copycats it's going to take them a long time to have that and and for you you already have that head start so Mm -hmm. even if one of these businesses somehow some way gets bigger than what you've provided you have that grassroots offering there's yeah exactly can't be beat exactly you have those testimonials that even like I said, even if these guys get popular, they don't have the business acumen and the personality that you have. Mm-hmm. So um, a good call on business what, acumen. I work yeah. very hard at that. And, and <laughs> what, I've, what I've already, what I've already <laughs> like been able to tell from just like just this conversation over the last hour, like your experience, your resume, it's robust. And it's because you are the way you are. You, you have a respectful manner, but you also respect yourself that you don't want to mm-hmm. be taken advantage of. And, and 100%, man, it, it's, it's important to, know your value, but to also know the value you're providing to other people. And yeah. I feel like you found the perfect thing here with milk caps, man. And, and with marmalade going forward, man, it's just, it's exciting um, to put a cap on this, man. I mean, I, I typically talk about this and we've gone over this with uh, like your mental health and everything over COVID and how the business kind of thrived because we were all at home sitting on our phones and we were coming across this, this business, but as the world gets back to normal in the future and we maybe kind of drift away from social media and, and get back into the real world, how was milk caps? And I guess marmalade is a big step of that, but how are you going to adjust maybe to getting into more of the open world? Are, are you going to be looking to work with companies maybe in terms of advertising and branding, or has this been so much of a success at home that you're just going to keep it the way it is? Keeping something the way it is, um, is great for as long as it works, but the moment you kind of stand still, that's, you know, the world is going to continue to spin. So for me, it's a, it's knowing the temperature on a daily basis of where I'm at. If things start to get cold, you got to do something. If things are getting hot, you can't go too far. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be too many offerings. And then all of a sudden you got to knock your price down. And then once you go too low, you're never coming back. So there's like a, there's this huge, huge juggle, but in terms of 
responding to people getting back to, you know, quote, normal, there are definitely some, there's definitely some stuff in the works, some stuff in the pipes. I had a pretty large business reach out to me last night because they watched my live stream and they were like, Hey, look, we could do like a partnership or we could do a promo code for milk cash. So there's like, there's some stuff in the works on that side. I'm always kind of grinding on who can I partner with or who can I like, what, what type of thing can I do? Where, where are people going? If they're not buying from me, what are they into? Is it yoga mats? Like, do I have to do a yoga mat? Like what's the, you know, like what's the, what's the thing? What are people, bring, what are bring people back into? overalls, bro? Bring back overalls. That's what's up. I'm that's begging my new, for somebody my to new bring account. back overalls, dog. So maybe that's you, it. You beat me to it. It's milk <laughs> overalls. It's my new account. It goes with the <laughs> milk, milk overalls, caps, bro. That was the outfit that's back it. in the day, man. Justin, my man, I appreciate you so much for doing this with me. Of course, my dude. Um, Like I said, your story, I only had little bits and pieces of it prior to us talking right now, but you're an inspirational dude, uh, Uh, both on the the business end, as we've talked about. But like I said, for you to open up and share your personal story, um, hopefully if even one person listens to this that's dealing with some struggles and, and needs someone to talk to, I'm here, Justin's here. There's Mm -hmm. more resources than you can imagine available. It doesn't seem that way. We know mental health and addictions is a, is a industry in this province that needs improvement, but Mm -hmm. you're you're listening to two people right now who have been through the struggles. If y'all need anything, reach out. Justin, where can the people get at you on social media? My friend Uh, at milk caps, it's the best place to find best place to find me. Uh, I'm only there. And it's only Instagram, no Facebook, no Twitter, no nothing. nothing. Which is, I don't like to I don't like to push people through too many different platforms and this is make me, it as easy as possible. This is me with the podcast. Like even when I share it, I only share the Spotify mm. link. I, and yeah, I just I there, you know, I'm not trying to oversaturate. Like I'll throw a link yeah. on and I'll throw this on Facebook just because the time you've given me, brother, is valuable. And this is one of my all time favorite podcasts, man. Like uh, go on. One of, I appreciate one of, that. Thank one you. One of my favorite conversations, man. Like I said, you're you're an open book, man. And you're coming back. We're, we're going to talk some UFC. Oh, let's do it, brother. Looking forward to it, my man. Thanks for having me, dude. Cheers, Justin, man. Thanks for your time, brother. You have a good one. Yeah, you too, boss. We'll be chatting.